Listen, and this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Wisco Sports Show, here we go. Happy Monday. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host here on 580 AM, 96.7 FM, or streaming live at WKTYsports.com. However you're listening, wherever you're listening, thanks for tuning in, making me part of your Monday. Brewers fans, you're loving life. Packers fans, not so much, but we're not going to worry about that, at least until later on in the show. Brewers to start, they clinch. Uh, in three games, a clean sweep of the Colorado Rockies, and they're moving on to the National League Championship Series. I'm not going to lie. Yesterday seemed a little bit too easy. We had to sit through the Packers' loss, but as soon as we got to the Brewers' game, it felt a little bit too easy. No suspense, no drama yesterday. The Brewers pretty much just ran away with it. A score of uh, 6-0. to was the final, and I'll, I'll pull up the stats here, and we'll dig into everything that went down in yesterday's game, even though in terms of suspense and excitement, yesterday was probably the least entertaining game, but sometimes you'll take that. You're okay. I don't need to halfway have a heart attack today. I, I just don't need it, and that was the case yesterday. Brewers get the win 6-0. to zero. If you want to talk about it, we're talking about it uh, for at least most of the show today. We'll get to some Packers as well. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom Hawk and text line. So the Brewers are moving on, and it didn't take a whole lot of suspense or nerves, uh, with the exception of those first two games in Miller Park. Of course, there was a little bit of drama there. Speaking of Miller Park, you want to get in on the action. We're giving away a couple tickets to the NLCS. You have to go to WK2iSports.com to sign up. I see people sharing on Twitter and on Facebook that they're entering to win tickets, which is so fantastic to see. I think Miller Park is going to be filled up regardless. It's not like we're doing the Brewers a favor by 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 getting there, but it is awesome to see people from this side of the state, um, pretty much on the opposite side of the state, take so much interest and be so excited and want to be a part of things at Miller Park. So if you want to enter to win those tickets, check it out at WKTYsports.com. Tell a friend, or you know what, don't. If you want better chances to win the tickets, keep it to yourself. Enter and keep it to yourself. That's a good way to approach it as well. We got a jam-packed show today. Lots of Brewers talk. Like I said, we will get to the Packers because I have no shortage of words on the Packers, and I'm sure you uh you are the same. A lot of complaints, a lot of frustrations with this team right now. Are they even are they any good? Have we decided yet? Maybe we should decide that today. We'll try to decide that uh coming up around 5:30, about halfway through the show, we'll finally dig into the Packers. And I would love to hear your thoughts as well. You can also get a hold of the program via Twitter. Uh, you can tweet at the station at WKTY. Simple enough, right? Or you can tweet at me, at Keystroker Grant. And if you haven't followed me already, come on. Throw me a follow, and we can interact on Twitter anytime, anywhere. Specifically right now, though, if you want to chime in about the Brewers, you can do so, and I will see it via either WKTY or through my account, Keystroker Grant. Yesterday, pretty cool stuff hearing Euchre because... and. W- No shortage of words on MLB Network either, and Bob Costa specifically. But yesterday, Brewers, top of the ninth, or excuse me, bottom of the ninth, up 6-0. to Josh Hader came on just in case. Pretty cool scene. Here comes Hader, swinging at a fly ball. Shallow right. This should do it. It is going to be caught by Lorenzo Cain. And this one is over. And they're moving on. And another celebration. 
for the crew. Awesome feeling and awesome to hear Hughes call as well because for those of you who either have cable or yesterday ponied up to get cable at least to watch this game that was only available on MLB Network, you had to sit through Bob Costas. Normally I'm not, and people who know me closely are going are gonna to laugh at this, but normally I, in terms of announcers, I don't really care. I try not to get too too turned up over announcers, but it was annoying yesterday. You're doing a playoff game, game three of the NLDS, and you don't know players' names, you don't know this or that, so it's nice to hear Uke's call, and we'll hear a couple of more uh, of those as the show rolls on today as well. The Brewers win 6-0 to yesterday, complete the sweep, and now they have off until Friday. Is that a good or a bad thing? Is that too much time for the Brewers to have off? We'll talk about that coming up uh, to wrap up the show. Anything you want to talk about is fair game, especially right now as we start to dig into what exactly happened for the Milwaukee Brewers and the Colorado Rockies uh, the last couple of games as the Rockies went quiet. 28 innings because there was the 10th in game one. So 28 full innings, two runs scored by the Rockies. And both of them came in one inning against Jeremy Jeffress. Two runs. If you're a Rockies fan, number one, you have to be just unbelievably frustrated because the Brewers offense didn't blow you away. They had a great game yesterday, obviously, which I think was made even easier by the ineptitude of the Colorado offense just because they had so many chances. I mean, the the pitching was never toiling. The offense was constantly getting men on, constantly getting their ups, and eventually they just cracked through with a bunch of home runs at the end of the game to eventually spread it to 6-0. But the Rockies didn't score any runs! This lineup with LeMayhew, who's been around forever, with Gerardo Parra, who, by the way, Brewers fans, I'm sure we, we all remember him, he was a tough out in these playoffs. I watched not only this these games, but the Cubs game as well. He's a fighter up there at the plate. And I think actually once in this series, rung up uh, erroneously by the third base umpire in that game. Pararo, per, per, para, excuse me, set his piece before heading to the dugout. He was a tough out. LeMayhew, Para, and then of course, Arenado and Story, the actual muscle of that lineup. Neither one of those guys came through with more than two hits and a lot of strikeouts between the two. So on one hand, if you're a Rockies fan, and I'm sure Bud Black is frustrated too because sometimes the bats just go quiet. Now, you don't want to have it happen in the playoffs, but sometimes there's not a whole lot you can do. Pair that with the fact that the Brewers' bullpen was nails in this series. And it it appears now that Craig Council had a plan all along to rest his relievers, to baby them. I don't know, baby's maybe not the right word. But to overextend and be cautious with your receivers, relievers, and then get into the playoffs and turn them loose. And that was at least the M.O. in this first game. Knable, fantastic. Hater, untouchable as usual. Jeffress had a rough outing in Game 1, I think due to the fact that he hadn't pitched in nearly a week. Better in Game 2. And in Game 3, he had to be relieved by Josh Hader. I think that was more so a product of Craig Council just wanting to, to get both relievers a couple pitches. Get them both warmed up. Get them both throwing. Just so when the Brewers swept, which at that point looked inevitable, up 6-0 to zero with only three outs to get, you had your your biggest and, and baddest arms, which you're going to need in a couple of days. Get that one extra session in there. One more one more time warming up. One more time pitching on the mound. One more time cooling down. I think that's what that was yesterday. I think Craig Council was just fine letting Jeremy Jeffers go, but I think at the same time he also thought, we're going to have a couple of days now before we have to pitch again, and these guys cannot be stale. I'm going to get Hater out there to throw a couple pitches as well. Pair that bullpen with the fact that the Rockies just couldn't swing the bat, it was a pretty horrible series to be a Colorado Rockies fan. Because we've seen that with the Brewers, where they've gone through stretches, specifically before the All-Star break, in Pittsburgh, 
where they just couldn't score runs. There's bats in that lineup. There's good hitters in that lineup. Why can't they score runs? And that was the case for the Rockies. Just went cold at the wrong time. And if you're cold, good luck scoring runs against that Brewers bullpen. And the Brewers starting rotation as well. They pitched really well. And Craig Council alluded to it in his statement to the team last night. He said, how about that pitching staff? How about them? Because that was supposedly the weak link of this Brewers team, right? Well, it turns out starting pitching isn't so necessary when you have guys like Knable, Burns, Hayter, Jeffress, Soria, who is good as well. Those That's five guys who have, have the stuff to close on probably more rosters than not in the major leagues. Five guys. Five. Knable has closed. Jeffress is currently closing. Hayter, if he was on any other team in the league, would be a closer, but I think the Brewers try to get more out of him. Soria pitched like a closer in the series. Corbin Burns, were you guys watching Corbin Burns, especially on Saturday? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That bullpen is tough. Good luck scoring runs against those guys. 608-796-2558. We're going to get into what what specifically I think led the Brewers to win this series. And it goes deeper than just the bullpen is good. It goes deeper than that. It goes it goes deeper than Yelich is good. It, there's something specific. And we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, right here this very time on this very program. And it specifically involves Craig Council, who undoubtedly deserves some credit today, if not a lot of credit or maybe almost all of the credit for this win. We'll continue to break down this Brewers NLDS, which wrapped up just almost as quickly as it began and is now as they move on to the National League Championship Series. We're going to be following them every step of the way here on the Wisco Sports Show. More to come next on WKTY. Here it is for Orlando. Swing and a drive to left and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here! Gone for Orlando Arcia! It's 5-0 Brewers. Plenty of that to be had yesterday. Your Milwaukee Brewers 6-0 winners over the Colorado Rockies, which completed the sweep. Get out the brooms, boys and girls. Brewers are moving on to the National League Championship Series. We'll face the winner of either, uh, well, the winner of the Braves and the Dodgers, who are uh, underway, I believe, right now. And I'll get you a score. I should have had that up. I don't. Um, and we'll get to that coming up here in a little while. So I'll keep you updated. They'll play the winner of that game. As a Brewer fan, you're probably hoping for Atlanta to make it a series, try to exhaust some of that Los Angeles pitching. Maybe you can get away with seeing Kershaw uh, just once, possibly, in that series instead of twice. But otherwise, I mean, if you're the Brewers, I don't think anybody is unbeatable, which was what was so intriguing about these playoffs once the Cubs lost is there's really no team that's head and shoulders above the rest. You have that in the American League. You have the haves and you have the have-nots. I mean, sorry, Oakland. I love you. I wish small market teams could win more consistently in the postseason, but that's just not the case. You have the haves and you have the have-nots. National League, not so much. So the plot continues to thicken, and yesterday that was just one of uh, a couple special plays. It was cool to see Orlando Arcee get a home run and Broxton as well. Two two kids <laughs> look like look like kids out there. Who, uh, who were able to get some big hits late on in that game. So the Brewers are 6-0 winners, excuse me, and we're talking about it. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talk and text line. I'd love to hear from you, your thoughts about the Brewers moving on. I wanted to get into Craig Council, because for those of you who are watching, especially early on in this series, whether it was actual uh, in-game coverage through Fox, uh, like Alex Rodriguez, or... 
post-game coverage, which got sent right to FS1, Fox Sports 1, guys like um, The Big Hurt, who I actually don't know his real name right now. I can't think of it. Um, something Thomas, isn't it? The Big Hurt, big ball guy. David Ortiz, Big Poppy, uh, and, uh, and A-Rod, to name a few, who were on that post-game show, not giving a whole lot of love to Craig Council or the strategy of using bullpen pitchers to the extent that Milwaukee does. And I think there were a lot of Milwaukee fans and Brewers fans in general who were upset to hear that because it has worked so well for the Brewers. Feeling like the Brewers weren't getting their due, weren't getting respect. And that'll always that'll always happen. That, that's the narrative. The local fans and the local media versus the national media. And that'll always be there. I, I would tempt you to not get hung up on that. That's what I would encourage. I have to do it to myself, too, to not get hung up on that. And And that's human nature, right? I don't think these guys knew a whole lot about the Brewers team and this Brewers bullpen. And I certainly don't think they did yesterday. They couldn't even say the names right. It was just, just a poor broadcast all around on MLB Network. But one thing, I don't think these these broadcasters, even Alex Rodriguez, who must be a baseball genius because he's A-Rod, didn't know a whole lot about this Brewers team. They they referenced before the series started to uh, to Oakland. They decided to do a bullpen day. And they said, well, you saw what happened to Oakland. Well... Oakland is not Milwaukee when it comes to the bullpen, and that's what I want to talk about. Craig Council specifically in the way that he's managed this pitching staff. And I think it's kind of becoming obnoxious now to where they're referred to as outgetters. The first outgetter, the second outgetter. Okay, okay, they're pitchers. It's essentially the same thing. But using bullpen guys and, and treating starting pitchers and bullpen pitchers as all one piece of a big puzzle in terms of getting to that 27th out in the bottom of the ninth inning or top of the ninth inning, depending on where you're playing. A couple of weeks ago, I believe it might have even been last week or possibly the week before, talking about Craig Council and his number one job as a baseball manager. And this is what I said. His number one job. And and this specific team makes it difficult on him. Get the most out of your best players, right? Get every drop, extract every ounce of use from your best players. Example, get Christian Yelich as many bats at bats as possible. That's simple. Get Lorenzo Cain as many at-bats as possible. That's simple. On the pitching side, you obviously want to set up your rotation so your best arms go as often as possible. But with the bullpen, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different mentality. And that's why Craig Council, I think, took so much flack this season for not pitching Hayter in some situations. For maybe looking like he's rolling over and just willing to lose a game instead of exhausting every single option. Well, in the postseason, that's changed. And what is so fascinating and so satisfying, if you're a Brewers fan, and this is something you can stick at the national media or anybody who says that what the Brewers are doing isn't sustainable, it's not the best way to do it, you have starting pitching, you should always stick with starting pitching, that's the routine, normalcy, that's what you should stick with, that's what Frank Thomas, the Big Hurt, was saying uh, before the series started. No team has Josh Hader in their bullpen. And even if a, a team, let's say the Indians with Andrew Miller, that team doesn't have Jeffress, Knable, Burns, Soria. None of those guys in there. Brandon Woodruff, who's been absolute nails ever since coming back from the minors, no matter where he's pitched. Craig Council's number one job as a manager is to get as much out of his best players. And for Craig Council, his best players are in the bullpen. Outside of Christian Yelich, it's not close. I think if you line up these Brewers, the best players, I think Yelich has to be one because he can play every day. And that's just the nature of things. Next, it goes Hater, and then fill in the blanks. Jeffress, Knable. I would say Burns is in there as well. 
Most of your best players, your most valuable players are in that bullpen. And the challenge for Craig Council is how do I get as much out of these guys as possible? How do I get as much use and as much success and extract every drop, every ounce from these guys as I can? And that was his challenge. And I think going with a bullpen day, if you're rested and if you're afforded that opportunity, is a perfect way to do it. Now, keep in mind, the Brewers aren't starting Mitch Stetter, right? They're not starting Cameron Lowe. This isn't your your bullpen from 2011 or 2013 or Mitch Stetter. God, God, I don't even remember when he pitched. Brandon Woodruff, since coming up from the minor leagues, and if anybody, member of any media, national, local, or otherwise, just looks at the numbers, Brandon Woodruff has been one of the best pitchers, not only in the National League, but in the majors for the, for the last month of the year, no matter if he started or if he's came out of the bullpen. And he might as well be a starter. He started before. He started in the minors. He's a starting pitcher that's being used in the bullpen right now. And it's going really well. So for Craig Council, his number one job is, how do I get the most out of Josh Hader? How do I get the most out of Jeremy Jeffers? In other words, if a team is going to beat us, if the Rockies are going to beat us and they're going to hang five runs on us, if the Cardinals or if the Cubs or, coming up, the the Dodgers or the Braves, if they're going to beat us, they need to go through Josh Hader. They need to go through Jeremy Jeffress and Corey Knable and Corbin Burns. We will force the opposition to beat our best players. That's what Craig Council has to focus on doing. And when you do a bullpen day like that, it works well. Because just by the nature of your pitching staff on that particular day, the hitters are going to have to face all of your best pitchers. Now, I'm not saying that the Brewers should go with a bullpen day maybe more than once a series. We'll see if they do it again. Who knows? Yoli Shasin... Uh, Wade Miley are both great options starting. We'll see if they go any deeper. Maybe Woodruff gets another start. But I think what's fascinating and what fits really well in, and this this was part of the debate too with Hayter. Should Hayter be a starter or should he remain in the bullpen in terms of getting the most out of your players? Here's a great example. The Colorado Rockies have a very good ace pitcher. He went 17-7 and this year, including going six and two-thirds scoreless innings against the Cubs in that Wild card on Tuesday, previous Tuesday. You remember this, correct? His name is Kyle Freeland. He went 17-7 and this year with a 2.85 ERA. An ace that a lot of teams would love to have. He might be the Brewers' best starter if they brought him in. Who knows? But the Brewers didn't have to play him. Nope, didn't take the mound once. Not a single time. You know who did? Josh Hader. Pitched three times in this series. Had an impact on all three games. Every single one. Kyle Freeland didn't see him. Probably the Rockies' best pitcher. Best starting pitcher for sure, an ace. 2.5 ERA, won 17 games. Brewers didn't have to play him. Not a single Brewer player had to pick up a bat and step into the batter's box against Kyle Freeland, the Rockies' best pitcher. Just something to think about. Something to think about. You got to get the most out of your best players. And the Rockies, they, they were unable to do that because Kyle Freeland didn't get to make a start. 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talk and text line. You want to share your thoughts on anything. The Brewers advancing to the NLCS. Hefty chimes in. Frank Thomas, now I'm judging you a little. You know what? I came around. I remembered it, just not on the spot. I don't do mental math on air. That's a rule I have. Name recognition. You know what? He didn't even play. I don't even remember watching Frank Thomas play, Hefty. I don't feel bad about that at all. You go ahead and judge. You go ahead and judge. Chime in on the five-star telecom talk and text line. Brewers. Uh, moving on, and I think due in part to Craig Council's management, pushed all the right buttons, and his re- and his players reacted perfectly throughout the series. Now, if they go up against the Dodgers or the Braves, it could very well happen 
where Craig Council sends Hader in and Hader gives up a couple of runs. Was Council wrong for sending in Josh Hader? No. He pushed the button. It didn't work. But in this series, every button Craig Council pushed worked flawlessly. Worked great. And I was a little scared in game one because they had exhausted just about every ace in their bullpen. And going into extras, I was concerned about who they would have left. And Joaquin Soria comes on to pitch and was great. They have depth in that pen. They have a couple starting pitchers they like. And I think Woodruff can be considered a starting pitcher if they want him to. I think he's a guy who can go more than an inning or two as he showed last week. And the Brewers continue to extract and get as much out of every player on that roster as they can. And that's that's huge in, in terms of Craig Council and his managing strategy. It's really big, guys and girls, anybody who's listening. As much as I hated watching Craig Council essentially punt on games where they were down by one run in the eighth inning in the regular season, if it was saving Josh Hader for extended run in the postseason and that was the plan all along, well, Craig Council looks like a genius. And props to him. Props to Craig Council. And Frank Thomas, yes, you were wrong. The big hurt, I'm going to remember that name, Hefty. Thank you for uh, for the sass on the five-star telecom talking text line. When we come back, we're going to dig into the Green Bay Packers. Now, they lost yesterday, and it was ugly. A lot of things to complain about. Now, for those of you who are Packers and Brewers fans, luckily, the Brewers won after the Packers fans. We're left or after the Packer game. We're left with that taste in our mouth, right? But we do got to break down this Packer game, and there is a lot to talk about and a lot of frustration. And I feel like the more things change and the more we move along in the season the more things stay the same. I was absolutely blown away by a couple of things yesterday. I'll tell you what specifically coming up next. And Broxton waits. The pitch. Keon sends one in the right center indeed. Way back. Get up. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Broxton. Keon Broxton making his footprint on yesterday's game as well. He went back-to-back with Orlando Arcia late in that one to really, really stamp that game uh, into the books. Put the final nail in the coffin, if you will. They get the one, the win 6-0. to And I, I had to play that. I don't have any Packers highlights today. I got to play that because I need one more reminder of why I'm in a good mood today. One more reminder of why I should be excited as a Wisconsin sports fan and excited to do this show because the Brewers are headed to the NLCS. That being said... Let's move over to the green and gold. Let's talk Packers. They, uh, well, they didn't look great yesterday. I'm sure, that's no surprise to those of you who watched it and uh, and listened to any of the coverage, whether it was Damon Scrady this morning or Bill Michaels this afternoon. The Packers get the loss, take the loss, 31-23. to This game boggled my mind. I don't understand this game. Because when I looked at the stats after the game, I, I, I thought, how, how, how did they lose this game? All right, I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Mason Crosby missed a bunch of field goals. Okay, yeah, I get it. You know what? I don't care. I don't care at, at all. If I saw Mason Crosby today, I would think nothing less of him. I would shake his hand and be like, I love you. You're a great kicker. I hope you're the Packers kicker for years to come. That's what I think about Mason Crosby today. I do not care. Not one bit. Not at all. Yeah, they would have won that game yesterday if Mason Crosby has an average or above average day. But I don't care because that's that's not what the focus should be today. The focus is that this Packers offense can't score any damn points. None. None at all. Your three rookie running backs or your two rookie running backs that are left are supposedly so good and they both need balanced carries and they can run the football. And you brought in Jimmy Graham and Devontae Adams is a year older, a year stronger. 
You got some young wide receivers for depth. Jerron Wilson is apparently taking the next step. You add Mercedes Lewis to an already deep wide receiver core with Kendricks and uh, and Graham, and you still can't score any damn points. He got shut out in the first half against Detroit. 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 I, I don't I don't understand. And this is this is what I'm talking about. I looked at the stats after the game yesterday. I went right from Packers. I went right to Brewers. And then last night after everything was said and done, I kind of sat down and took a look at everything and started getting ready for today. So Rodgers threw for 442 yards yesterday, three touchdowns and zero picks. How does that only translate to 23 points? 440 passing yards. No picks. And they got killed. The final score makes it look a lot closer than it actually should have been. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and Ty Montgomery combined for just under 100 rushing yards. About 90, 88 to be exact, when you take away Rodgers' 10 rushing yards. Where where are the points? <laughs> Am I the only one? I'm, I'm almost laughing here because I just don't understand. 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talk and text line. We have moved into the portion of the show today where we need to complain about the Packers. Yeah, I get it. Mason Crosby missed a bunch of field goals. Big deal. You didn't score in the second half against Detroit, who's probably on the bottom end. They have they have Slay, who's a good corner. They're without their best pass rusher, and they may have the worst running defense in the entire NFL. They may. I'm not saying they do, but they're in the conversation for the worst rushing defense in the NFL. Oh, by the way, Packers, you have a full, healthy complement of running backs, including Aaron Jones, who I happen to think is pretty darn good. Rodgers thinks is pretty good. And you only score 23 points. All of them coming in the second half. Good. Good job. And now you're 2-2-1 going into the actual difficult part of your schedule. See, the Packers, the, the dream this year was they start fast. Maybe they struggle a little bit in the middle. You know, maybe they lose. They got to go to L.A., to New England. They have to, uh, I believe, go to Seattle, don't they? I'll check that in the next break. And they have to host Atlanta. Yeah, they have a tough middle part of their schedule. Now, their buy is positioned in there. So if they have a rough stretch, they have time to adjust and get back on the horse and maybe try to win one of those tough games. And then, you know, after the Packers struggle in the middle, they turn it on at the right time. And here we go to the playoffs. Thank you very much. But not the case at all. They start 2-2-1. and And now excluding San Francisco next Monday night, which is going to be a primetime game, the Packers need to win that game because if they don't, they're going to be under 500 going into a stretch of the schedule where they have to play the cream of the crop in the NFL, both conferences. So McCarthy and so Aaron Rodgers and everybody involved in this Packers organization, you're 2-2-1, and one. you've squandered a couple chances to win games that you should have won, and now you got to go deal with the big boys. You made this bed. Go go take a nap. Go take a nap in the bed that you've made, Packers. A couple things I want to talk about. I want to start start with Mike McCarthy. I was heated a couple weeks ago, was it uh, after the Redskins game, about Mike McCarthy because I, I, I don't understand. Look, I have not been watching sports as long as some of you have. I, I doubt I have. Um, I'm only 20 years old. I'm soon to be 21 in the coming months, if that makes me feel any older. And I've been watching sports my, my entire life, but you know... You can't start comprehending the complicated parts of sports until, I don't know, how old. I have not been watching sports as long as you have. People talk about all the time about sports radio people. I know more than that person. Maybe you do. Maybe you do. That's not what goes into sports radio. What goes into sports radio is watching a game, stewing it in your head. All right, what what could we talk about? What's of note? What's going to get people interested? And let's bring it in. Let's talk about it. Let's have a discussion. 
And I'm telling you as listeners right now, I don't know what discussion to have. I'm at a loss for words. I don't know what gets what gets fixed, what needs to be done differently. I think it's so clear and it's simple. It might be hard to execute. But Mike McCarthy, until you're giving Aaron Jones the ball 10 to 15 times a game and he is the first running back to record a carry in that game, I'm not happy and I shouldn't be. Packers fans shouldn't be either. I don't care if if <laughs> I don't care if Mason Crosby missed 20 field goals yesterday. That offensive game plan looked Horrible. It made no sense after not making sense the previous two weeks. None. It made no sense. Aaron Jones, and it's it's getting to the point where it's laughable. I'm not saying Aaron Jones would have won them the game yesterday. I'm not. But to only get six carries, Aaron Jones got six carries yesterday. By the way, for those of you who don't know, Aaron Jones averaging over six yards a carry. That's that's pretty good. That would be up there at the top in the NFL. He is one of few uh, in that club who also have a... Uh, uh, a body of work above 20 carries. Yesterday, Aaron Jones, seven carries for 40 yards. Uh, seven carries, excuse me, he got yesterday. Against, like I said, arguably the worst running defense in the NFL. And you gave your your best running back uh, seven carries. Seven. And for what? So Mike McCarthy can can feel balanced and feel like there's some sort of rotation. Who gives a damn, Mike? Give the ball to your best players. I just lauded, and we've been lauding Craig Council for doing exactly that the last couple of weeks. Imagine if Craig Council was managing the Green Bay Packers yesterday. He was coaching. Now, if we were to apply Craig Council's strategy, which I think should also be called common sense, although I'm not a baseball manager, I'm not an NFL head coach, I know there's more that goes into it than simply giving a guy the ball or throwing the guy a ball. But it's one of the easier things to say, all right, we need to make an emphasis to get our good players the ball. If Craig Council would say, all right, who's our best player? Uh, Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Let's look at our offensive best players. We have Aaron Rodgers, uh, Jimmy Graham, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones. Let's say those four people. And Craig Council, if we apply his baseball managing logic to the Packers, Mike McCarthy should be saying, all right, if the Lions are going to beat us and they're going to stop us on offense, they need to stop Aaron Jones. They need to stop Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham. And they need to subdue, if nothing less, Aaron Rodgers. Number one goal. You make the opposition beat you at your best. And you make them beat your best players. And that was the... It didn't happen. That didn't happen. That's common sense, and it didn't happen yesterday. I don't understand it. Nobody understands it. If you look around the NFL and read national publications and follow national pundits on social media and and through, uh, I don't know, blogs, magazines, articles, they don't get it either. None of them do. I, I saw uh, Zach Cruz of uh, Packers Wire the other day. This was actually an older tweet. I was reminded of it today. He said the Packers have the best... They have the best third running back in the NFL. You know why? Because their best running back gets the least carries out of the three. One of which, by the way, is still, in my mind, not a true running back. He's still a wide receiver uh, and should be treated as one, even if you line him up in the backfield. Don't think it's that complicated. But for Mike McCarthy and his system and his values and what he stands for, apparently it is a little more complicated. Now, that being said... I'm going to go back to where we started. You know, everybody today is, is talking about how the scheme is bad, the game plan is bad. If Aaron Rodgers and that offense just executes, nobody's talking about this today. They're talking about how they beat the Detroit Lions. They didn't look great, but they're still building chemistry. It's still only week five. It was week five, and we're going to keep moving. They're going to improve. They're going to get better. They're going to start clicking because, as you know, and, and is talked about heavily, nobody plays in the preseason for Green Bay. If they just execute, Aaron Rodgers... 
missed a lot. Look, Aaron Rodgers missed throws yesterday. Not only in the sense of making throws and not hitting his receiver, but just ignoring guys that were wide open. And we've seen this before in the past. When that Packers offense goes into a slump, uh, most memorably so in 2015, Aaron Rodgers tries to do too much, I think. I think he ignores the underneath stuff, trying to single-handedly will this offense out of a slump. And I think that's maybe a little bit of what we saw yesterday. This offense just isn't clicking. And it starts with number 12. Scott ch- chimes in on the five-star telecom talking text line. $30 million quarterback playing like he's worth a buck fifty. That's what he looked like yesterday. But the thing is, Scott, and I bet you would agree. I'm, I'm not trying to disagree with you or, or, or argue with you over the air. But I bet if he just plays, you, you said he played like a buck fifty. If he just plays like he's worth a couple million bucks. If he plays like Matt Ryan. Or, for lack of a better example, Matt Stafford or Kirk Cousins, who's been really, really good. If he just plays like that, he hits the throws that he's supposed to make. Maybe he makes one or two amazing throws that makes our jaw hit the floor. Nothing, really, by Aaron Rodgers' standards. If he just does that, the Packers win yesterday. Regardless of how many kicks Mason Crosby missed. I don't care. I don't want to talk about Mason Crosby at all today. Until he starts having success outside of one game or has struggles outside of one game. I don't care. I don't want to talk about it. It's a kicker. It happens in the NFL. You saw yesterday. Dan Bailey struggled for the Vikings. It happens. It doesn't happen very often, and it hasn't happened often for Mason Crosby. I can't remember a game like that for Crosby in my entire life, and I think he said the same thing after that game. But Scott, to your point, Aaron Rodgers didn't have to look like a $30 million quarterback yesterday. He only had to look like, be quite honest, a C-plus, B-minus quarterback. They win that game. Their defense played pretty good. I know they gave up 30, 31 points. See, this is how unmemorable the game was yesterday. They lost 23 to 31. If that defense, they held them to 31 points, how many short fields was the Lions offense given, including that ball that may or may not have hit Kevin King? I understand the nature of the rule is you stick with the call on the field unless you see something else that clearly and definitively overturns. And I think the Packers were, I don't want to say a victim, they were just on that end of that call yesterday. And that's fine. You can give the Lions a short field every once in a while, but as soon as you start fumbling inside your own 30 multiple times, that's going to be a problem, and that's going to wear any defense down, and they're going to give up points. Matt Stafford threw for less than 200 yards yesterday, by the way. So frustratingly enough, I feel like Packers fans and, and people who, who want to see the Packers win say, just we don't need a top 10 defense. We just need a top 15 defense. That's all we need. All we need, top 15 defense. Well, you got that yesterday. You got that. Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Philbin, the, the defense has held up their end of the deal. They have. They played a pretty good game yesterday. They didn't look phenomenal. They had a couple moments. They took their lumps. But they gave you every opportunity to win that game. And you looked so bad. You looked so bad that that game looked like a blowout yesterday. And it was. But that defense put up... They they were a top 10 defense yesterday. They played like it. And the offense just didn't hold up their end of the deal. So unless that starts happening, I don't think this Packers team is going very far because they have yet to play in New England, in Los Angeles, in Seattle. They got a host... Atlanta, they still got to go to Minnesota. And they they farted through this original part of their schedule, which is supposed to be one of the easier stretches of the year, and they're 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. Good job. Hopefully we get some positivity in terms of the Packers to talk to you uh, coming up in the near future. 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talk and text line for those of you who want to get in on the Packers stock before it runs out. When we come back, I want to talk about a couple of Brewers things. I want to close the show on a positive note, if I can, if I can bounce back from this segment. An update for those of you who are wondering, as of four minutes ago, the Dodgers have taken a 3-2 lead on the Braves in the sixth inning, so still a couple innings yet to be played. If the Braves win this one and extend the series, 
Clayton Kershaw not going to be involved in the opening weekend of the NLCS in Milwaukee. So the Brewers will have to wait to face Clayton Kershaw if indeed the, the Braves can just win today. If they can just win. Uh, otherwise, the Brewers will be facing the Dodgers starting on Friday. Uh, more of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. I am your host, Grant Bills. You're listening to WKTY. Brewers talk. We got to go out on a high note. Coming up next. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I am your host, Grant Bills, and I hope you are having a fantastic Monday. Whether you're a Vikings fan, you're feeling good. Whether you're a Packers fan and you're feeling a little bit down, hopefully we can all rally around the Brewers. I know Twins fans. I don't know if I would root for the Twins if they were in the playoffs. I, I, I'm, I am of the belief I always want to cheer for small market teams. That's why I wanted to see Oakland in the AL. Now that they're done, it's, well, whatever. Um, we'll, t- we'll get who we get for the AL World Series. But I always like to pull for the small market teams. Something about me says if the Twins were in it, I'd want to see the Twins win. Uh, so maybe Twins, you find some, Twins fans, you find some comfort in seeing the Brewers do good. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's a reach. Final segment of the show, 608-796-2558. Any final thoughts or comments or questions? Scott Scott up, has updated his comment now, and I and I also like what he brought up. He says, I don't disagree with you on Rodgers. I had to say that Rodgers didn't have to look like a $30 million man, but you know, just an okay man, and they would have won yesterday. So he says, I don't disagree with you on that. My issue with the McCarthy criticism is Aaron Jones' injury history. Mike McCarthy trots him out there for 15 to 20 carries, and he blows out a hammy. Then Mike McCarthy is an idiot. He can't win. Would you rather have all three running backs available late in the game or, uh, well, or late in the season or, you know, hurt Aaron Jones now? It's tough. It's tough. Aaron Jones does have a little bit of an injury history. Six carries. I'm not. Now, 15, you said that's that would be more than doubling what he has now. So 15 carries, I think, is a lot for any running back in this offense. But 10, 11, I, look, and and Scott it's not just the number of carries. It's the fact that Mike McCarthy has to has to parade Jamal Williams out there as the first running back of the game. It's like him, in his stubbornness, needs to remind everyone, just, to the, just for the sake of reminding everyone, that A, he's in charge, and B, we're going to do things the way he wants to do, and that includes his precious rotation of running backs because they value everyone, and, and running the ball isn't everything. Well, pass protection isn't everything isn't anything either. And if Aaron Jones is on the field, give him the ball. Don't make him pass protect. Give him the ball. How about we solve that problem that way? Boone's Farm says Crosby is the deciding factor in the whole thing. Missing one or two field goals is one thing, but missing four and an extra point, that's 13 points. Give them 10 or 12 and the Packers win. Boone, I, could, I couldn't agree more. I, I They very well may have lost that game yesterday because of Mason Crosby. I'm not mad about yesterday's game. It was another loss in an underwhelming start to the season for the Green Bay Packers. What I'm mad about is the answers and the fix to this offense seems a lot more simple than I think it's being made out to be. It's not that difficult. You have playmakers. Get them the ball. Plain and simple. They don't like to use Aaron Jones. Their offense has not changed since 2009 as you see the the rest of the NFL continue to evolve and adapt to things that defenses are doing, and it looks bad. And that falls on Mike McCarthy. That doesn't fall. That doesn't fall on Mason Crosby. It falls on Aaron Rodgers as well. He didn't look great yesterday. But there's a lot bigger problems than just the day that Mason Crosby had yesterday. And if I want to come in here and complain about you know Mason Crosby, that would be a pretty boring show, I think. Thanks for chiming in on the five-star telecom talking text line. Well, a couple things that I did want to talk about today before 
uh, we moved on and, and, well, before I move on, and uh, we move on with the rest of our Monday. <laughs> Who watched the game on MLB Network yesterday? So that was the only way to watch it yesterday. I, I don't get it. <laughs> it's a lot of things that I'm confused about. Number, okay, Brewers probably aren't the biggest draw, and when they're playing the Rockies, they're definitely not the biggest draw. Hide them on MLB Network, that's fine. Put Bob Costas on the game. I actually like Bob Costas. I have a lot of respect. I, he's been around a long time. I have only had the the ability to watch him now for the better part of probably 15 years or, or 12 years, depending on you know what I remember. Bob Costas is one of the best to do it. I think he's kind of obnoxious sometimes, and he is more of a, he's more, he takes himself really seriously. He's a professional broadcaster, like Al Michaels. You know, he's not a funny guy. He's not an off-the-cuff guy. He's not a Bob Euchre, and that's fine. He was he was brutal yesterday. He was awful. And I know that's not just Bob Costas. There's a whole team of people and statisticians responsible for putting together all the materials he needs to call a game well. But it was bad. It was really bad. Not only did he say Aguilar, he said Aguilera. I get a, You misspeak sometimes. I know this. I, I'm on WKTY every day. I work on Z93 at night. I do a lot of different things, all of which involve talking, and it's difficult, and you misspeak, and it happens. And I feel like listeners understand, right? When you mispronounce a name and you say, I, I didn't mean Aguilera, I meant Aguilar. Even better, play it off with a joke if you're that quick. Apparently, Costas isn't that quick, and he was not interested in correcting himself. Not only saying Aguilera, I don't have the audio, my apologies, by the way, saying Aguilera, he said Orlando Arcea. All right. He said some of you may have caught this. Craig Council, number one, not drafted by the Brewers. I think that's just in part being I think that's just being lazy. Whoever didn't want to go dig that up. I think they just assumed, oh, he's managing for the Brewers, play for the Brewers, must have been drafted there. We don't need to look it up. That's just being lazy. It's one thing to have the name in front of you and to to ask before the game exactly how do you say that name again? It's another to just not care and not do the research and not put the time in. That that's another thing. Yesterday saying, since Travis Shaw, now he's he hasn't been great at first base. He has, what did he say, 12 or 13 errors since they moved him over there? What? I don't... Th- it'd be a rough season if he had 12 or 13 errors all season at second base. Good Lord. Played there for a month and a half. You, you Just saying that, Costas, you, you have to know that's not correct. That's obvious. It's obvious that he does not have that many errors. That was the broadcast yesterday. Look, I know Packers fans don't like Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. I get that. I know people love to hate on Chris Collinsworth. But that's part of watching sports, is picking fun at the broadcasters. Yesterday, it wasn't picking fun at Bob Costas. It was just realizing that he wasn't doing a very good job. Plain and simple. So thankfully, and hopefully, I should say, Brewers fans don't have to deal with teams, uh, their team on MLB Network the rest of the postseason. How about we just... We take solace in that. And by the way, you're going to hear the Brewers here on WKTY the rest of the year. So if you want to listen to Bob Euchre and Jeff Levering, which of course you should, especially over a game on MLB Network, you can always follow along right here. And if the Brewers get moved for some odd circumstance, we will keep you updated. I will keep you updated not only on this program, but all day long and on our website, WKTYsports.com. Everything you need is right there. Uh, one more thing. If you haven't already, we have tickets to give away for the National League Championship Series. And I see some of you uh, posting on social media, whether it's Twitter or Facebook, saying, I have entered to win the tickets. You you share that, and, and we appreciate that. We want to get as many people involved as possible. Go to WKTYsports.com, and you can enter to win some tickets right there because our bus trips are all sold out. I'm sure some of you uh, bought a package, bought some tickets to hop the bus either Friday or Saturday. I'm hoping. I'm hoping to come along on Saturday. Fingers crossed. 
Hope that everything works out. So that'll be a whole lot of fun. Those are sold out. So number one, props to you for selling those bus tickets out. And uh, number two, enjoy if you have tickets. And if you didn't get tickets, you can still enter to win at WKTYsports.com. And uh, you can follow the Brewers not only on TV, of course, but right here on WKTY the rest of the year. Uh, A couple things to talk about tomorrow when we are back here on the Wisco Sports Show. Number one, a a conversation that I've heard and I've heard it floated. We haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. Did the and this is a you shows that this is a privilege, right? Did the Brewers clinch too soon? That's a question a lot of people are asking. Did they win too soon? Is this going to be detrimental? Number one, I'm going to tell you, if you can win, win, and and that's first and foremost. If you can move on, move on. It doesn't matter how. And we'll talk about that. And I think there are some strategies and some things that Craig Council did yesterday, especially to combat maybe the issues that come with having too many days off. So the Brewers are off until Friday. We'll talk about how maybe we navigate that as we go on, right? As we continue uh, throughout this postseason, how we can navigate those things. That's the show today. More Brewers, more Packers tomorrow. We'll get into Badgers. They got a big win as well in Big Ten Conference play. Same time, same place tomorrow. I'll talk to you then.